Hey, it's uh, Mind Gold episode 13, um, which I'm really excited about. Um, but before I talk to you about what we're going to talk about on episode 13 and with who or whom, if you're going to be that guy, um, I just wanted to thank um, everyone who gave me positive feedback about um, episode 12, which was obviously the Sulu episode um, featuring just me. Um, yeah, because that was like a bit of a scary thing to do, I guess, because, you know, the whole imposter syndrome, like, is what I'm saying worthwhile? Is it resonating with anyone? Um, like, why am I doing this? What's the point? Um, does anyone care? Kind of thought process, um, which I struggle with a fair amount in most of my pursuits. <laughs> so it was really nice just to hear from people that they like valued what I was putting out there. Um, and I guess appreciated, um, what I was trying to say, I guess. Thank you. Um, so yeah, really appreciate that. And thanks Jason, um, <laughs> who was the inspiration behind that episode. So yeah, I feel not shit about it. So that's great. Um, yeah, week's been pretty stressful. Um, just in like, you know, my other job, <laughs> which I never really talk about on here cause you know, I don't want to like bore people away. Um, yeah, but it's okay. I'm okay. Um, looking forward to spending some time not there <laughs> this weekend. Um, and I'm really excited to have our next guest on the podcast today. Um, so her name is Sophia Zidova. Um, and she is what I would consider a high performance human. I was actually speaking with her, um, the other day because she was asking me oh like what sort of people do you have on like what's kind of your intent behind it and I was like well there's not really like a specific theme it's more just like if I find someone's habits or someone's story or someone's mindset motivating and I feel that like them sharing it could help others um then like that's the sort of person that I want on so it doesn't matter if you are an athlete um if you are famous or, or anything like that at all it's it's mainly just the mindset and I guess I like you know there's kind of aspects of this that I like see in other people and I'm just like fuck that's cool <laughs> and Sophia is definitely one of those people um so I've known Sophia for maybe four years remember the first time I met her um I used to work at a gym up the road and she happened to be doing a training session there with her coach who happens to now be my coach and she was like lifting some pretty heavy shit pretty well so I you know being the creep that I am like went over and just like introduced myself it's like hi you're strong can I be your friend <laughs> and yeah basically now we are friends and we've been friends ever since so it's kind of cool um so yeah I'll let Sophia tell you a little bit more about her because she knows a lot more about her than I do um, but basically the reason she is on here is because I think we can all learn a lot from her um, high performance habits um, yeah because she's a fucking legend and she has some serious big dick energy um, which hopefully we'll get into in a little bit so yeah thank you so much Sophia for joining us today go Hey Sarah, how are you? Oh, sorry, there you are. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. Fancy seeing you here in my apartment. Mm. So nice of you to uh, spend your morning with me and Graham. <laughs> had your first cuddle. First cuddle, Isn't first coffee. Isn't he intoxicating? He is the best. He is. 
It's so funny. I actually had this like random person on Instagram. Is this a thing for you? Do you get random people messaging you on Instagram all the time? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's weird. Everyone gets a creeper. Yeah. Anyway, but this wasn't a creeper. This was like a really cool lady. Like basically unless it's like a dick pic or like a gross comment or mm. like a, oh, that's not a power snatch, mate. Then like it's, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So anyway, this lady was like, hey, I just thought I'd let you know, like, I really don't like cats, but... I love your cat. He is the best. And I'm like, fuck yeah, lady. I think that's a compliment. Such a high compliment for him. Yeah, yeah. And he always gets that. Because yeah. they usually hate cats and they meet him and it's like, He's you a are turner. the cat. He turns you. <laughs> he does. He really does. Look at him. Beautiful cat. He is. Sitting there judging. But um, we're not literally just going to talk about Graham. We should do a podcast. We could. We really could. <laughs> we could. Um, so how are you? How are you? Oh, mate. Cracking. Like, I'm real croaky right now because you literally got me out of bed. High performance attitude fell over. Did not hear I know. a single alarm. Literally, this is really good because my whole intro is about how, like, high performance habits and, like, you're, like, the embodiment of, like, high performance. And then I'm, like, outside your place being, like, mate, I'm outside. Where are you? And you're, like, I'm just putting on my pants. Because <laughs> it goes both ways. Like, I'm functioning at 110% all the time. When it implodes, just, like, leave me to my mess. In a day, I'll be fine. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. When you're like at such a high level of functioning, it's like you go through it's like all or nothing. Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Somebody wipe my ass for me, please. <laughs> literally, literally. <laughs> we had our graduation dinner a couple of days ago, and my partner was amazed at how incompetent I am when like the stress falls off. And I've had a couple of drinks, and I just I just can't adult. So he was impressed how I go from like a running the event to like laying on some grass, going, "I'm not moving." But that's the best though. I guess, is that balance? Would you define that as balance? I Honestly, I actually think it shows how little balance I've got. Because I've either got it all together in like a military precision, or I'm tired and I'm over it and I've got nothing together. Yeah. So those patches never last because I can't afford to let them last. But there's definitely like a spot of time every month where I'm just like, I can't at all. I'm just going to lay in bed and watch Netflix. I can't do it. Yeah. Oh my God. I have these exact same things. Interestingly that they're once a month. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because periods. (laughs) Some of that. But let's talk about what you're actually highly functioning at. Mm. Because see, I just assume that everyone knows everyone that I talk to. Yeah. yeah, Or about. But you know, let's say literally no one knows who you are and what you do. In which case, shame on you. (laughs) No, I'm not that special. (laughs) I just know a couple of legends like this one. You're a bit special. For sure. (laughs) So what are you what are you high performing in currently? Sure. So since none of you know me at all, I retired from Olympic lifting a few months ago. I was pretty good at that. Uh, but concurrently, I've been polishing off a law degree. So it's my second degree. I've got a degree in politics, both from the University of Melbourne. Adequate enough grades, like sitting on a distinction average, even though I've worked and sported and lifed and, you know, all those things. Uh... Gosh, what else am I doing? This year I was on the Law Student Society. I was a third year representative, which means I had to put together the yearbook and a graduation dinner and deal with all the mess that comes with helping coordinate 350 highly functioning, highly stressed people. Uh, I'm also on the committee of our weightlifting club as a secretary, so helping sort things out on that respect. Earlier this year I did some teaching in one of my favourite subjects. Gosh, I, <laughs> the list goes on and Jesus on, but Christ. there's a lot going on. 
That's exhausting. Yep. <laughs> Objectively, yep. So when do you finish? So you finish your degree this year? Or? No, not quite. So yeah. some shit went down middle of the year. So I've had to extend and push some subjects over to next year. So I'll finish around June next year. Okay, but the end is in sight. Yeah, definitely. Basically. Like this is the last painful semester. After that, it's just a bit of research and elective I love and that's it. So how did you find trying to balance being a high-level athlete with obviously being in a profession mm, almost mm. that's also very high-level and at some point you obviously had to make the decision where I can't be doing these two things to the to the level that I want to be doing them. Uh, well, something's always got to give, right? And if you've got two pursuits that you're highly passionate about, it's not going to be either of those. It's everything else. Yeah. You neglect family, you neglect friends, you neglect mental health, you neglect sleep. Like you neglect everything that's not showing up to uni, showing up to work, showing up to the gym. Yeah. So everything else just falls over and you accept that that's just the cost of trying to multitask at a high level in several things. Because you've got to be an idiot to think that you can perform highly, as highly as you want to in multiple pursuits. So not only did I have to give up everything else that was going on in my life, I also had to have a real expectation check in terms of, well, exams roll around around nationals every single year. I'm necessarily going to perform worse at both than I would if I was focusing on just one. So you've got to do an expectation check. Like the best you can do is no longer about the harder I work, the result I'm going to get is going to be what I deserve. It's going to be, well, fuck mate. Make some make some adjustments because it's just physically not possible, and whatever you can do is gonna have to be enough. Yeah, and I guess that's from someone who has really high expectations, like of yourself mm. and obviously your performance. That's quite hard to accept, I would imagine. For sure, no, it sucks, especially yeah. because like everything we do in life, whether you like it or not, it's competitive in the sense of comparative. So like even at competitions, I'll see girls that are you know my weight class, my skill level. And because they're, you know, they've got a part-time job and they're treating themselves as athletes full-time, better recovered, performing better, clearer ahead, all of those things. I'm like, fuck, man, I could be doing that, but I'm stressed as shit. I sit down for 20 hours a day. I don't sleep enough. I eat weird. Like, there's all these things that you tick off in your head where it's like, I could be that good. I have the potential. I could be better than you, but I've got the stupid law degree to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> and so that like reality check on both sides of the equation is really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think actually I heard somewhere that, um, I think it's like beyond having three things in your life that you're focusing mm. on, like you literally can't, you don't have the capacity to actually handle anything else. So mm. for example, you've got like family relationship mm. work training like one of those things is gonna Something's fall, gonna give fall fuck off right so yeah. i mean for a long time i was single and that was great <laughs> because how much free time have you oh, got mate it's the best next level yeah you know so you've got time to be at the gym three and a half hours yeah. a day yeah. you know in the evenings you're fucking mobilizing you're doing yoga you're reading you're going to bed at 8 30 and you feel so good yeah and then you meet someone and suddenly like your life schedule your shifts. life schedule shifts because you're like well you know thursday nights i would normally go to yoga but oh but we could have date night and it's like motherfucker the bit that really <laughs> fucks me is sleep yeah well i love having a partner i love loving my partner i fucking hate anything messing with my sleep yeah me too i'm an ogre like i'm yeah yeah bad 
Because when you're so busy, I'm sure you'd be the same. You have a really tight schedule. Real tight. I and you've packed morning, everything I was in. like, right, we've got to be here at eight, and then we've got to get this, and then yep. we've got to do this, and then I've got to go here. And yep. you're like, okay, I'll just give them a cup. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> and then you've rostered like, today I'm yeah. getting six and a half hours sleep, and it's going to be awesome, but your partner's there. Of course, you're not going to get six and a half hours sleep. So your mediocre rostered sleep gets even less. Yeah. You wake up feeling grumpy because you're behind on your sleep now and you haven't optimized that opportunity to recover. It's fucked. Oh, it's the worst. So I guess, I mean, at a high level, like you're going to have to make sacrifices, whether that's you don't have a relationship, yeah. uh, you work less. Um, all these things are sacrifices. And I guess it's like how much do you love that vocation that you're willing to, yeah. and, and what are you willing to sacrifice for yeah. it? Like for a long time, like, having a relationship having a social life um for me that was worth sacrificing um and now i mean i mean people say have said to me before that i don't have balance and i'm just like so obsessive with Mm -hmm. the things that i'm into Mm -hmm. but i guess i've always thought and i guess you kind of touched on that earlier is that like if you are like 100 percent passionate about this thing and that's Mm. what you want to fucking do like Mm. you just can't really have balance Mm. like it's not really as much of a thing balance is such a it's just a fiction. It's I a do. Fiction. I think it's a myth. I think if it's you want to be impressive, myth. if you want to be good, you're going to scare people and you're going to make choices other people don't respect. You're going to scare people. That's fantastic. Yep. I totally agree. And like the intensity with which you apply yourself to what you're passionate about is fucking scary. You are obsessive. You are manic. Because there's will, also there's also yeah. the cost of if I fail, I've made all these sacrifices for nothing. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And people aren't prepared to do that. They're not prepared to back themselves to that level. Which is why they look at you and me and they go, you don't have balance. That's bad. Look at me. I have balance. I'm like, no, you go drinking Friday, Saturday night. What have you achieved though? Well done. What have you got to show for it? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I suppose I would rather like pull out all the stops. And like, if I don't get to where I want to be, I'm I'm not going to say, oh, well, it's because I didn't really try. It's like, I literally gave it 110 fucking percent. And that happens to be my best effort. Yeah. You know, and if, if that's not getting to where I want, well... I don't have anything to blame it on. Yeah. But I think that people would so much rather have these excuses and be like, oh, but my relationship, oh, but my, my job, oh, but this. It's like, well, how bad you... are making excuses for mediocrity. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. well, how bad do you want that thing? Yeah. You know? Don't fucking tell me you want to lose weight if you're not going to do what it takes to lose weight. Don't tell me you want to be successful if you're not prepared to do what it takes. Like, we all talk about how CEOs get five hours of sleep and they, you know, do meetings on the treadmill in the morning and shit like that. And it's like, ha, 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 it's hilarious, whatever. I'm like, no, it fucking isn't. That's the cost of being successful in a high-pressure career. Yeah. It's the same with everything. If you're not willing to give it what you know it takes, shut the fuck up. You don't actually want it. You like the idea of it. Exactly. And mm. But there's plenty of other things in life that you can be doing that don't require being at the gym yep. half the day. Yeah. You know. But fucking pick something, hey. Pick something, man. You Pick know. something and be good at it. Don't be shit at everything. Or mediocre <laughs> at everything. <laughs> That's the best. Don't be shit at everything. <laughs> I've got a mate at uni. She's a fucking legend. Deb Sai. She went to the Olympics in synchronized swimming. Amazing. The bitch is a savage. Like, she retires from synchronized swimming, stays in law school, gets killer grades, transitions to Brazilian jiu-jitsu. She's got a comp tomorrow, today, that I'm going to. Oh my god, awesome. She's an absolute savage. Anyway... But her yearbook quote is be less shit. Like her life motto is just be less shit. That's so good. And it definitely understates the intensity she brings to everything. But in short, pick something and be fucking good at it. Yeah. Go at it full pace. 100%. Yeah. 
Um, she sounds like she has some fucking big dick energy. Oh, massive, my... massive. Like she's fifty-eight kilos on a fat day, so she's a small human. Holy shit! But she is savage. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, that was the other reason that I wanted you to be on here. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> the big dick energy. The big dick energy thing. Um, so for all of you who don't follow me on Instagram, um, I started hashtagging this BDE mm-hmm. big dick energy thing. Yeah. Came about, actually, this is quite a hilarious story, uh, because I, Emily and I, Emily uh, Musket, who was on an mm. earlier podcast, um, I was helping her coach um, a couple of weightlifters at a comp recently, and um, I, I was videoing these guys when they were lifting on the platform, and obviously, like, videoing whilst going, fucking come on, yeah. fucking get under it, fucking, you know, general, just <laughs> ag- aggressive levels of encouragement. <laughs> and um, one of the guys I was filming, Alex, he sent me a message later on in the day and was like, oh, I just showed these videos to one of his housemates. And his housemate was like, fuck, that chick's got some big dick energy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the best compliment ever? It was the best compliment ever. I was like... Like zero literal dick, oh, but big dick so energy. So good, I know. And I was like, oh, thanks, like amazing. <laughs> anyway, so then we started. Emily and I started using that as our mm. like Monday big dick energy Monday, like yeah. training day. Anyway, so that's how it started. But having looked into this concept further, because I can see why it could be misconstrued or potentially be offensive. I'm not really bothered if it's offend- it's offending you right now. To be honest, I'm going to explain it. <laughs> Um, so Anthony Bourdain, a yep. uh, famous chef, um, very aggressive in, I guess, his, uh, his, in his manner, like mm. a Gordon Ramsay-esque kind of, this is fucking me, deal with it. Yep. Um, yeah. obviously a really high achiever, um, a lot of masculine energy, mm. I guess, from him. So when he passed away recently, um, someone put up a Twitter comment about him, like rest in peace, blah, blah, blah. Um, and made a comment about his big dick energy. (laughs) And that is actually where the concept was born, which I thought was quite interesting. And um, you, my friend, (laughs) (laughs) possess this big dick energy. Good. I'm glad. And I think, like, for me, what it means, and it's nothing to do with, like, having a dick, being a man, I guess the reason that it's called big dick energy is it refers to, I guess, a masculine level of, this is fucking me, deal with it. Self-assured, confident, um, and I guess, like... Unapologetic. Unapologetic, that's it. That's fucking it. Yeah. Yeah. And this (laughs) reminds me of that time at training that those girls tried to come in and use the bathroom, and you were like, no, members only, bye. (laughs) And it was just, like, so blunt, and so, like, you cannot use our toilet. Yeah. And I was like, that's so hilarious yeah. like there's context behind it because there's signs and shit and there these bitches signs. just storm the fuck in with like this entire <laughs> look that, on their dumb faces I love that you're still mad about it it was I like a year so ago I so fucking mad because the worst part is right like I'm a big human so I'm aware that I can intimidate if I front up to someone so I generally don't I give people space whatever but you're not even that big it's just your aura of Big dick. Oh, big dick energy. <laughs> like it's just your um your metaphorical dick extending <laughs> from your body. Well, which is why I give people space <laughs> and I whack them with it. So these bitches storm down the hall this entire oh looking at dumbass faces. <laughs> like they're walking to a public bathroom. This is a private stadium. Yeah. Super secure. There's heaps of athletes guys. around, whatever. Yep. Fucking sick gym. 
Anyway, so they storm in and I like put my hand out. I'm like, you can't use the bathroom here. <laughs> oh, why not? And I'm like, because it's not a public bathroom. Hike across the Oval, there's a fucking public bathroom there. And they're like, uh, 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 like making bullshit excuses why they have to use our bathroom. I was like, no, members only, turn around, go. So they huff some more They were like, oh guys, by the way, they were like 12 years old. They were not 12. <laughs> they were like 16, probably drunk already. <laughs> anyway, so I turn them around, send them on their merry fucking way. And I'm seething because we had a similar situation a while ago and someone left a bad Google review about how the coaches at our gym are rude. And I'm like... Well, to be fair, some of them are. <laughs> some of them are, but this was bitches that I turned away from using our pisser. And they were like, oh, the coaches at Hawthorne are really, really rude. And I'm like, no, we're not. It's a private stadium. I told you to leave. I didn't even swear at you. I'm just swearing and retelling it now. I've opened a wound. It's such a wound. <laughs> such a wound. <laughs> I was perfectly delightful to them, just uh, forceful, you could say. Yes, for, blunt. Blunt, that's yeah. a good way to put it. So they've been introduced to big dick energy <laughs> in the form of not being allowed to use the bathroom. But I guess um, a more maybe productive way of, <laughs> this is, of, yeah. of applying this energy would be in the sort of um, industry that you are now in. And also mm. obviously as a weightlifter, mm. like that's a sport where... You know, it's kind of like, I'm going to fucking lift this heavy weight. Yeah. It could possibly, uh, you know, crush me in the throat. Yeah. <laughs> For example. Yeah. It could break me. <laughs> it could break I me. I could die here. Yeah. So you've got to have a certain amount of aggression and a certain amount of, I guess it's belief in yourself and yeah. belief that you fucking deserve to be here in this moment. And yeah. um, I think that's why, like, so many awesome chicks that I know, like you and mm. um, Emily I think and we, Katie, Emily and Katie yeah. like, we attract these similar women who have the same no you can't use our fucking toilet <laughs> yeah yeah no well it's such a it's, it's definitely a mood it's exactly what you said it's it's me in the bar and either i'm going to win or gravity's going to win yeah and if i don't win it could end really badly so you can't back yourself halfway lifting isn't a halfway sport it's not like i'm not gonna pick on any sports but it's not like i've taken a shot i missed oh well if you miss a heavy lift you will fuck yourself yeah so you either back yourself entirely or sit the fuck back down. Yeah. Which is what I admire about it. It feeds into that problematic attitude we've got of all or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's a sport that doesn't foster or encourage a balanced way of thinking. Yeah. There's no nothing half-assed about it. No, nothing You know, you're not going to, like, go to pick up that weight and then be like, oh, maybe I'll just lift it halfway. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do a half rep. Like, yeah. what is that, actually, yeah. though? <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> I did do that yesterday. It does happen sometimes. You just misfire. But like on a proper max attempt of a snatch or a clean, you don't really have the option of going halfway. No. And there's no way that you're going to come back after a comp and someone's going to be like, why did you fail that lift? Oh, I didn't really didn't really try on that yep. one. Well, yep. you didn't fucking try on that yep. one. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But I guess like the industry that you're now in and where you're going to be working, mm. I guess, well, predominantly for the next... Fuck, a couple of decades. Yeah, exactly. Maybe the rest that's, of my life. I mean, that's so fucking cutthroat as well it is and it isn't right because cutthroat implies like a problematic sense of i'm going to succeed or you're going to succeed therefore you're in my way yeah it's not necessarily like that because the industry is hard in the sense that like the generation before us went through when no one gave a fuck about how you're doing as a person because there's 10 candidates for any job so it was like a very um I don't know what the appropriate phrase to use for is like sort of like a pump and dump industry. They use you, extract value from you, you burn out, your problem kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's starting to shift. 
And yeah, it's still a thing. Like it's a hard industry, whatever. They work you hard, but you just have more options. And because you have options, it's less personally competitive. It's more like, well, I want this track. I know it kind of sucks. I know it's really hard, but this is what I want. If you don't stick around here and you go do something else, that's for you to decide on. Yeah, okay. So it's less cutthroat and more just intense. And different paths have different degrees of like financial reward, emotional reward, intellectual reward. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. Mm. What, um, so what sort of specific area, like, will you, uh, uh, say in five years, what are you going to be doing? Mm. What would you envision yourself to be doing? Mm. So because I only finish middle of next year, I'll start my graduate position either like September, October next year or March the following year because they've got a couple of intakes. Thinking corporate for the foreseeable future, <clears throat> partly because for one, the corporate training programs are so well healed. Like if you get into a big top tier corporate firm, they'll pay for your training. They train the shit out of you. Like you walk out a very functional law- lawyering machine because they invest so much in you because they do hard work high value work, high profile works, they need their juniors on point. So definitely corporate to start with because the training is off chops. The reason I might stay in corporate is only corporations have the money it takes to change the law. Oh, okay, sure. The legal system is fucking expensive. And for like the small guy to get an outcome that fundamentally changes the law is so expensive that it only happens very rarely when a charity or a non-for-profit bank rolls it. So if you want to be at the forefront of law, you've got to be in commercial law. The areas that the the money is big enough that you want to run it all the way to the high court to change something. Yeah, okay. So if you want to be at the, like the cutting edge of the law changing, you've got to be in corporate at this point in time anyway. If anyone's going to change any laws, I can definitely see you being... Um, <laughs> one to do it we'll, we'll see how we go it's just going to be like the battle of the big dick energies that's literally what it is yeah and like top tier law is very much like that the people at the top are all exactly like that unapologetically this is me i'm better than you let me show you yeah i guess it's like kind of terrifying to think that you have to have that certain level of confidence all the time because i don't know about you but i like have a lot of i guess self-confidence issues and insecurities around like who I am, what I'm doing. Um, and often question like, am I good at anything? Is anything I do worthwhile? And I don't know, I guess I've always thought that that just means I'm not, I'm not good at what I'm doing Mm -hmm. (laughs) because people who are good don't have those thoughts, but have that's because you don't know that everyone does. But yeah, but that's the thing is like the more I've talked to about people about this like imposter syndrome and I've talked about this quite a few times across the last few episodes um is that you know I um I don't know if you listened to the episode with Celia Pacola um she's a comedian and she's on tv and she's you think like someone like that's got to have like this insane level of confidence and you know obviously like in in their ability and the fact that like everyone loves them and like they're getting awards (laughs) and they're like revered and they've got it yeah yeah, they've got it but i mean no (laughs) yeah as terrified (laughs) as everyone else yeah yeah no i totally get that so Um, it's kind of like you have to just like fake like fake it almost absolutely and i feel like a lot of the time that i'm that i'm doing that you know like i'm putting across this um level of confidence in my ability and what i'm putting out there to people um you know but inside i'm just like oh my god please like me (laughs) Yep, I totally got that. It's fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Um, I went to drama school when yeah. I was little. And the reason I went to drama school is because I only learned English at the age of 10. 
And mum was desperate for us to get our conversational skills and like confidence up as quickly as possible. Because being an immigrant sucks. Being an immigrant with bad English sucks more. Yeah. Because we're an English speaking country. We grew up in New Zealand. Um, so mum sent me to drama school. And I realized very, very early on that if you don't want to get mocked for your level of language skills or for your accent or for your expression or anything like that, what you do is you lean the fuck in. Every time you fuck up, you lean in like it was intentional. And so you learn to back yourself in terms of like, well, if I project that I don't give a single fuck what you think about me, you're not going to feel like there's any reward in mocking me. Yeah. <clears throat> so you learn that real, real quick Ooh, as, I love that. as a fantastic. kid. Lean the fuck in. Yeah. So whenever I'm freaking out the most, I make sure that I just become as unapologetic as possible. Yeah. Because then there's no reward for mocking. Yeah. Oh my God. That's amazing. Mm. I fucking love that. <laughs> um, and it served me yeah. well. It served me real well. Um, fake it till you make it is literally how I live my life. Because obviously as a high point individual, you'd know the same. You put in the preparation. You know you've trained or you know you've studied or you know you've meal prepped or you know you've done whatever the fuck you need to do to exceed at the task at hand. And that residual panic and insecurity and all of that, it can only detract from your preparation if you let it. If you yeah. let yourself implode and undermine the work you've actually done. Yeah. But if you've got the base, your brain going, I'm not good enough, I can't do it. Fuck, mate. Like... <laughs> Your brain has nothing to do with that at that point. So you need to go, well, this is my base. This is what I'm putting out there. And I'm just going to lean in. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, Celia actually mentioned this, which I thought was really important, was that like, just because your brain's telling you something, it doesn't mean that it's true. True. Um, <clears throat> and, yep. you know, we just, we listen to the thoughts in our head like they're gospel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, yeah. And I think that that can often be so crippling and that can stop us from going all in because we've got this little voice in our head saying, but what if you can't do it? Yep. Um, you're not good enough. Yep. And I think to a certain extent, we've all got that. So it's just about, you know, how much of that are you taking on board? The less you take that on board, the more you're actually going to succeed. Mm -hmm. But it's just about kind of trying to ignore that, For sure. which is really <clears> challenging. <throat> and I guess like this is a little crisis I had recently like I had a full-blown meltdown a few weeks ago would have been literally about that and like not giving yourself an out and I realized that like if you look back through all the major things that I've aimed for I've always fallen just short of the cherry and then from that I extrapolated I was like fuck man that means I've been so busy and spreading myself so thin across so many different things as an out so if I don't hit the cherry on whatever it is I say I'm all in for, I've got an out to say, well, I was doing so many things concurrently, I couldn't have possibly. Yeah, well, I had exams. Well, I had... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And realizing that I was like creating an out for myself by spreading myself so thin made me like mentally implode because I was like, fuck man, that's not a high performance attitude. That's making excuses in a different form. Yeah. And realizing that fucking sucks because I looked back through it and I was like, well, I was 0 0.3 short of a perfect score out of high school. Uh, I was like two points short of getting a scholarship for my degree. I was like two kilos short of the Commonwealth Games. I was, you know, a percentage short of this high distinction I really wanted. Why? Because my dad died. I couldn't be bothered because I was too damn tired from doing everything else. You know, all of these things stack up and you're like, well, I've just been making myself out and that is fucked. I think your dad dying is a fair out, mate. No fair. <laughs> no fair. Guys, but I mean, if like... your dad dies, you're allowed to take a break. <laughs> just FYI. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just one of those things, like, because you don't factor in that life is also going on. 
So you yeah. give yourself an out by being too busy and then an actual life thing happens and you fall short of your goals. And you're like, well, did the best I could. So that's something that I want to work on into the future, being spread less thin. Yeah. Because I want to see if I can actually hit that cherry if I don't give myself the out of, well, I'm also doing this at a high level. So I'm actually going to give a decent crack to properly specializing in the next couple of years. Yeah. Mm. So is that part of the reason behind your decision to retire from weightlifting competitively? Yeah. 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 So all that came down at the same time and like nationals were coming up in like eight, nine, ten weeks. Had to go overseas, steal some family stuff. I had exams coming up and I was like, well, I could pull all of this off adequately and get sung praises because I'm balancing so successfully or I could just fucking lean in and do something properly. Yeah. And so I think that's a point in my life where I'm at now. I want to lean in and do something properly. Yeah. Was that, was that a different, I mean, obviously that would have been a really difficult decision to make, I assume. Mm. I suppose, especially because you're at the level you're at, a lot of your identity would have mm. been tied up in that sport. Mm. And you as a weightlifter and obviously being such a big part of the community, being part of BWA mm. and all that. Um, yeah. How did you find that, making that decision? And I guess... I would think it would be more having to deal with people's opinions about it. I think that would piss me off the most. <laughs> um, a couple of people did the whole like, you could have been so good. Oh, you could have done this. You could have done that. Qualified for this and that. And I'm like, well, fuck, mate. Like, Thanks for that. Yeah, that's what? very helpful. Thank you for telling me I've missed out on opportunities that I could have had. Thanks awesome. for pretty much telling me that I've disappointed you. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. So a couple of people did that thing, but I had a good thought. I had to think about it. And I was like, well overall overwhelming sense of relief because I no longer have to be confronted with the fact that well I'm about to fall in the rankings because I haven't trained properly because I've been overseas burying my father like not having to deal with like the crippling anxiety of I'm more gifted than you I just literally can't train enough to beat you right now not having to deal with that is awesome yeah and it's like you can walk up onto the platform and be like hey guys just so you know my dad died in the 30 seconds before you left yeah nah and the thing is, no one gives a fuck. As an athlete, what you do on the platform is a representation of how good you are. I know. And but... because I could no longer put in the amount of time and effort that was required, partly because of family stuff, partly because of law stuff, I could no longer commit as much time as I needed to to say, yep, this is currently how good I am. I realized that even the performance I was putting out were below what I could be doing. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this if I can't be as good as I could possibly be. I think that's such a commendable call to make though and I think that so many people would just like flog a dead fucking horse no. you know and be like I'm injured I'm fucked I'm just gonna keep going I'm just gonna keep going but like no. and you know and there's always people out there who are gonna be like oh you're so brave you're so mm. you know and, and admire that but mm. really is that an admirable attitude to have like so. yeah like the fact that you're doing something a little lot less <laughs> capacity yeah. than you were yeah. you could be focusing the energy onto something else yeah. Because you know. if something doesn't work with your life anymore and you, you've you tried and it doesn't work, yeah. move the fuck on. Mate, I'm a dead horse flogger from way back. <laughs> that's a different Love type it. of attitude, right? Because oh, you're still improving. Well, I just feel, and, and it's been in a lot of areas of my life, like it's been in relationships, in jobs, in sport, like everything, mm. where I'm like, no, I've got to keep going. I've got to make this work. I've got to make this work. And I just like keep trying and trying and trying when like the whole time I've got this gut feeling that I'm like, mate, you just need to move on. Mm. But to me, like moving on is um, giving up. Is giving up. Yep. And I guess sometimes like giving up is the brave 
thing to do mm. but i think that you know we've got this mindset as like a culture and mm. you know mm. all these inspiring stories around of is like oh they just kept trying and yeah, they got yeah, yeah. there they just kept trying and they got yep. there you know they got through all of this shit and like they got where they wanted in the end but it's mm. like well yeah but sometimes maybe you're trying maybe for you the wrong have. thing maybe you should have just fucking stopped yeah you know yeah and i don't think that every single time it's like you're su- you're su- literally supposed to keep trying until you just fucking die no like definitely not yeah but those degrees right so for example like with your lifting we know you've got a dodge elbow so it's going to take a lot of work to get it to a position where it's actually giving you the numbers you want it to but i think that's a productive type of plugging away at something yeah because there's improvement it's not measurable in the sense of like bigger jerks the platform every time you come out but it looks better, it's more consistent, more solid, all of those things. So, like, as long as you've got a degree of movement in the right direction, keep flogging that horse. Yeah. As soon as you start falling you start backwards, no matter what the fuck you're doing, it's not worth it. And that was my lifting. I was getting heavier, I was getting weaker, and I was getting more uh, mentally unstable, I guess, because of the stress associated with not performing, that I was like, I am literally about to go backwards. And I know it, and I can feel it. I want to quit before it happens on the platform. So quitting while you're ahead, basically, yeah. would be the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I admire people that play tennis on, into their 40s and, like, fall off the rankings, whatever. But also admire, like, the number one retiree. Yeah. I definitely think there's... And, and also setting yourself a limit, right? Like, I'm going to do this last comp. Yeah. That's going to be my last go. Yeah. Then I'm done. Yeah. And, I mean, you're always going to have... Always going to have if. questions... Um, and what ifs and people giving their like unwanted opinions 50 cents worth yeah <laughs> I, know, I know it's half a dollar I fuck still off. get people going like why did you quit CrossFit I'm like I was never that good at CrossFit anyway like why and also why do you care like because they want you to validate their choices yeah and I just don't see how you can put that onto somebody like that's their choice mm-hmm. their sport what they choose to do with their time whatever weight class they're in whatever they want to do like that's mm. up to them mm. focus on your own shit yeah everyone wants to be validated by reference to someone else's choices yeah exactly yeah Yeah. they want to hear that you regret it because they want to hear that they should continue you know all of that shit yeah like somehow your path is relevant to theirs where it's really not yeah yeah your road (laughs) yeah fuck right Wow, it's getting real deep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, how good is it? Having like, a good dig around. You're like, you're like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, well, you know, balance, big dick energy. Yeah, I love that. And love somehow that. drag it out to like yeah. 45 minutes. That's yeah, great. No, big dick energy is a, it's definitely a vibe. And in law, it's actually also really, really tricky because you start thinking about the gendered aspects of it. Yeah. Like I noticed this real bad in first year. We had a mediation exercise where you've got like two teams of three people on other sides of a desk you both have a client in mind, a client has goals, obviously, and they're opposed, obviously. So you have to come to a position in the middle. And I realized that of the group of like six people talking, one of the girls on my side said not a single thing because her way of communicating was different. Because I'm obviously big and loud and upfront and quite forward, you could say. She was the opposite. She had a really, really quiet I'm not going to say submissive, but diminutive demeanor, I suppose you could say. She was quite small in person, quite small in voice, and extremely, extremely patient and waiting for a gap in the conversation to include a comment. Oh no, you just got a barrel on in there. It didn't didn't fucking work. And I'm like, mate, the rest of our industry are people like this. People with opinions who think they know the right thing. Unless you can shove yourself in 
you will not be there. You will not be at the table next time. And like, I spoke to her afterwards privately. Fantastic ideas. Awesome initiatives. Like all of these really, really balanced solutions that should have been on the table, but because she didn't come with the big dick energy that the people around her brought, it just, it got swept under. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how fucking good you are, unless you're there and you're present and you're, you know, you suck your claws in. What the fuck's it for? Suck your dick in. Suck your dick in. <laughs> Consensually. Obviously. <laughs> but is it, is big dick energy, like, I guess, is it a personality trait? Whereas, like, if you don't have it, well, I don't, I don't think I've always had it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think I just... As I've gotten older, I've just given less and less fucks, yep. basically. Yep. And I guess come to accept that, like, not everyone's going to like me, whatever, yep. you know, and that's okay. And I'm not going to try and change that, but I'm not going to also change how I am mm. because of that. You know I think you I mean? cultivate it. I think you definitely yeah. cultivate it. But you also have to be quite sensible to where it is and isn't appropriate. Like having a banter now, swearing liberally, all of that. That's very much me and my, like, you know, out of work hours. Because at work, conservative profession, a lot of the people who I admire in the profession are of a different generation with a very different set of, like, you know, life values and what they think is appropriate. So the way you communicate really has to depend on the audience. Like, bantering with my sports mates is one thing. Talking with a judge is another. Of course. And so... The big dick energy that's appropriate in each situation is very, very different. So I definitely tone myself down a lot in formal or professional context because I know that that attitude does not translate well in the professional space. But you can still maintain a level of big dick energy without swearing and without being aggressive. Or crass or crude. Or crass or crude. Yeah. Yeah, it's not necessarily about being crass or crude. It's just about being like... I'm owning my opinion. Yeah. I deserve to be here. For sure. For sure. Like having a presence, like yeah. you said. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that is necessarily accompanied by swearing or mm. talking about dicks. But it can. <laughs> but it can. It because can. unapologetic as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It is just definitely, I think it's a learned attitude and it's learned by watching people you admire. Yeah. Definitely. And I think that the more people you surround yourself with who do have this kind of level of self-confidence, the more it's like you feel okay to be more confident with your own opinions. For sure. Like I definitely noticed since like in the friendship group that I kind of have now Mm. and the people that I hang out with now, like all of the women in my life are very strong, very assertive, um, and they're all always kind and supportive. They're not mean people, but I know that if I did something to piss one of them off, They'd tell me. You'd hear about it. I'd yep. hear about it. And in the same vein, yep. I would let them know. Yep. If that, you know what I mean? So I think it's more about just like being confident with who you are. Mm. And I think that's a really, really productive way for women to engage. Because growing up, like you've got that high school caddy bullshit where everyone's super, super nice on the surface, but actually they're all bitching about oh, everyone ridiculous. else. And that yeah. fucking attitude, people carry into adult life. And I'm not here for it. I'm into women that... You fucked me off when you did this. Can we move past it yeah. or is this a deal breaker Can for our relationship? Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. And I think that having those honest conversations and being okay with someone saying to you, hey, you said that and it annoyed me. And you being like, I'm really sorry. Let's let's work let's through it. Let's beef it out. Yeah. Let's not just sweep it under the rug and yep. bitch about each other behind yep. our backs. 
yep. like you well know? that's why i believe in confrontation yeah. 100%, oh my god i love confrontation because having big dick energy <laughs> means that you are confronting and you're yeah. prepared to be confronted yeah because you, you expect to, to surround yourself 100 yeah. yeah. you can't expect to be calling everyone on their shit and then like lose the plot when somebody addresses you on absolutely. something that you've done absolutely i think also in terms of like romantic relationships it's really hard because I know growing up, I mean, I'm a bit older than mm, you, but mm. it was all, you're always kind of like being like, I guess, more uh, meek and having that kind of submissive sort vibe, of vibe yeah. was kind of what guys liked. Yeah. And a guy didn't really want a woman who was going to be like, you should have fucking parked there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, park yeah. was right there. Yeah. They <laughs> don't want that. Do you want me to park it for you? No. To be fair, all of my partners have been better drivers than me. That's a separate issue. <laughs> but it's no, so I totally funny. Get I actually that. had, and sometimes I regress back into that yep. behavior or pattern, and yep. I notice it, and I'm like, oh, gross. Like the other day, um, like my boyfriend was driving us, and you know, I'm very conscious of when someone else is driving not to be like the backseat driver because yep. it's irritating, yep. right? But he was trying to find a park, and I swear he'd driven past like three parks, but I didn't say anything because I was like. Well, he knows what he's doing. He's driving. I'll just let him. I'll just let him make the call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So we parked fucking miles away. <laughs> and you're like and seething about we're, like, it. We're like walking back down the street, and he's like, "Oh, there's like three parks right here." And, and you're like, like, "Not nah, really." I fucking know, cunt. <laughs> I, get I fucking that, saw them. And he's like, "Why the fuck didn't you tell me?" And I was like, "I thought you wanted to park far away." And he was like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with you?" Yeah. And yeah. I was like, "Yeah, what is wrong with me? Why didn't I just be like, mate, there's a park." Yeah, like, but there's also a degree of like compromise, right? Yeah, you second guess yourself, and mm. you know I found that I've been doing that a lot lately. Where I'll be like, "Oh, am I being micromanaging? Oh, am I, um, mm. you know, am I being bossy? Mm. Am I being?" And I think I only question it when it's in like a romantic relationship, because if it's in the workplace, I'm like, "Damn right, I'm being bossy. I'm the boss." Yeah, you know, if it's totally in training, it's like. Yeah, I'm going to tell that person to move off my platform. It's my platform. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because the repercussions don't concern me. Like, if someone's going to get annoyed that I've, like, told them what to do at work, I don't care because that's my job. Yeah. If someone's going to get annoyed because I told them to move off my platform, I don't care. It's my platform. Yeah. No, <laughs> but for some that. reason, when it's in a romantic context, there's a lot of fear around, oh, no, they're going to think I'm bossy. They're going to think I'm psycho. They're going to think... XYZ. Or I'm not giving them enough space to be I'm them or whatever. Space. Yep. I'm micromanaging. I'm being yep. annoying. Yep. So I tend to like regress to this like less of less of, like small smaller dicks yep. version of yep. myself. I get that. And like hard because I tend to have the exact same thoughts of a partner. But for me it often comes down to I know my greatest strength but also my biggest relationship weakness is that I am highly neurotic. Oh my god, that is Don't me. fuck with my sleep. 100%. I know exactly what I want to eat. Yes. <laughs> like, in a lot of ways, I'm very particular. I don't want to sleep at your house. I want to sleep at my house. Yeah. Because I have three things to do tomorrow, and I don't want to think about packing my bag for three things plus overnight. We're sleeping at mine, or we're not. Just fuck. This is me, right? If yeah. I'm sleeping over, I'm bringing my laptop. Yeah. Because he'll sleep in, yeah. and I know that I'm going to get up at six, and I'm going to want to do some work. Yeah. So I'll bring my laptop. Yeah. Or else I'm not fucking sleeping over. Because I'm not going to lie there and look at the ceiling. Like, yep. it's the, no, I get that. You know, so, like, being neurotic is really hard. Because, like, I know I'm neurotic. And I know that, you know, I need to have dinner by 7pm. And I need to know what I'm eating. Yeah. There's no surprise food. Yeah. Surprise times for meals. Yeah. Let's, like, spontaneous, oh, let's just go do this. No. I have Agreed. To so, it Agreed. is, 
it's hard in a sense because you have to try and like back that off a little bit because it is intimidating for most people. <laughs> well, they also want, they don't have to live your neurotic life, no. right? And you want no, to respect your partner's right to be a normal human yeah. and you do your psycho thing because it matters to you. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. get that. I know. It's really hard. But the other thing is, right, it also depends on the personality match because I had a really good role model in my mother because my mother is extremely neurotic and extremely particular. That's how she raised me. And now that we've got our stepdad, he is just an absolute gem. He's like this enormous Canadian, you know, he's awesome. He used to be an elite athlete, whatever. But he's very much a yes, dear man in the sense that I'm relaxed. I don't care. She's particular. We do it her way because it makes her happy. You really do need to have that balance in a relationship. Yeah. And at first I thought it was a bit weird because it's like, she can be extremely unreasonable. So yes, during all the time from an outside perspective looks really weird. But then I met his whole group of friends and all the couples are like that. The wives are like these tiger mums that are super neurotic and super particular. The husbands are like these incredible gentle men that are yes, dear most of the time because they just love you so much that they're like, if you need to be eating by 701, we will eat at 701. I will bring it to work if necessary. Like that's a vibe. And I think that's the sort of relationship balance you're ultimately looking for. Because if you have two highly neurotic, highly specific people, the chances that you meet on the particular things you're neurotic about are zero. Yeah. Like I've dated athletes. It doesn't fucking work. Because you've got your sleep schedule. They've got theirs. Their meals are your meals. And ultimately you coexist. You don't exist like as a unit. Yeah. Whereas when one of the partners is relaxed and they're in it because they love you, you have the space to be a neurotic psycho. I think that's the best sort of balance. Yeah. I think that's kind of what I've realized. Mm. Rather than trying to find a partner who's neurotic about the same things. Not too hard. Because, yeah, you just end up pissing each other off. Yep. Because you're so unreasonable and they're so you're unreasonable. You're both so unreasonable. And your yep. unreasonabilities. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like a fucking constant yeah, sword agreed. fight with agreed. your dicks, obviously. Agreed. With your big dicks. Which is why I just need to find a partner that's very, very different to you. Yeah. And that's the most successful relationships I've had when my partner is like objectively not as high achieving because they don't tick off the same sort of bullshit that I tick off, but they're an incredibly impressive person, loving, smart, all of those things. They're just a lot less psycho. Yeah. And I think that's the only way it can work. Yeah. I feel like I need someone who makes up for like all of those things that my personality is lacking. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what it is, right? <laughs> Yin and yang. You're meant to compliment each other, not like hit the same milestones yeah i know it's mm. hard it's pretty cool that you already have realized that i feel like it's taken me fucking years <laughs> <laughs> it took some soul searching yeah i know right um but yeah mm. we're happy now so that's the main thing yeah yeah right? relationships are fucking hard oh mate i know we should do like a whole separate podcast on them actually yeah, i was yeah. gonna i have got one planned with um tom and siobhan because they've both been on my podcast and they're a couple cool so I'm like, well obviously we're gonna talk about relationships yeah, 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 yeah. it's gonna be great high functioning people in relationships yeah exactly yeah. um yeah but i mean basically we're just living our best high functioning lives yeah and just trying to add a human to it my god that's so accurate yeah yeah and it's definitely it like when you said something's got to give that's exactly it when you bring a relationship in it's got to be a really really aggressive reprioritization does this relationship with this human matter enough to me that i'm prepared to take some pegs off my goals because don't delude yourself in thinking you can perform with a high level plus adding a human that you care about into the mix yeah it's not a thing so which is why relationships i think to me and to you are so critical because you've got to be really fucking worth it for me to fuck with my sleep, 
take pegs off my study, all of those things. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's all we're doing, right? Is we're just trying to find that person that is worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hard because you're always busy and you're not dating and you're not drinking. <laughs> and we all know you don't fuck someone at the gym. No. No, no. <laughs> bad, bad choice. Real bad choice. Really bad Learned choice. the hard way there, but that's yeah. right. <laughs> Moving on, moving on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, have you got any uh, last minute mind gold for our many fans oh. out there? Any quotes? Any little <laughs> gems of wisdom that you can offer? Actually, fuck, I didn't bring it with me, but there's a book that I want everyone to read. It's um, about the All Blacks. What the fuck's it called? Oh, I've read it. It's about sweeping the shit. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes, that What's one. It called? Um, um, fuck. You know, the you look it up while I keep talking. Yeah, yeah, you so keep jabbering. Basically, I'm good at that. Basically, it's about, um, I guess I learned from it. It's a lot about how to lead, mm. um, how to how to be a good leader, and making sure that you're doing like the the most menial task that you're requiring someone to do, like you're doing it yourself, basically. Um, and it is called Legacy, and it is by James Kerr. So it yes, is. I have read that. It's fucking it, incredible. I love books that use sports as an analogy. Yep, and I guess it's relevant to you even if you don't do a sport, Agreed. right? Because it is literally just that. It's an analogy. Well, it's all about the high-performance mindset. And, like, anything yeah. you take, like the sweeping the sheds thing, the idea is that the captains at the end of a game will sweep out the warm-up room because um, football cleats, obviously, uh, rugby cleats, kick off a lot of grass. And so the co- the captains will sweep the shed, the warm-up room, after the team has departed to show that the leaders aren't above it. Yeah. The leaders are in the trenches with you. And that's a really, really important aspect of leadership. And like every other anecdote or quote they put in there, some of them are translated from Māori, obviously. Some of them are just straight up English. And they all convey a lesson about leadership or teamwork or all these important high-performance attitude things that just fucking matter. And sport is just such a pithy analogy because it's easy to understand. Yeah, and it's so much about teamwork and mm. and all that, all that stuff that... Mm we can apply to a lot is basically mm. yeah mm. for sure i suppose the only like mind gold thing to depart with is that increasingly because i've hit the ripe old age of 25 i'm starting to have more conversations with people around me about not stalling because it's really really easy to be like full steam ahead when you're 16 17 18 doing your sports doing your high school you do your degree you start but your man, career it's like fucking smoking crack in the toilet you adopted the high performance <laughs> mindset later i did yeah. We're talking about like lifers that have like always, you know, gunned for shit. And you hit the age of 25 and you finish your degree and you started your job and you just stagnate as fuck because you're tired. You've ticked things off. You're done. And like having that transition from gunning all the time to being an adult and trying to have a life and a social life and a partner and whatever, that point of possible stagnation, how to beat through that. I've had a lot of conversations with people about that and like pick up a language, never stop learning Pick something and make sure you're good at it. Because if your job's not fulfilling you, pick a sport. doesn't fucking matter what one. And I think something that has always spoken to me, there's a Sylvia Plath quote, literally looked it up before because I always butcher it. It reads, what horrifies me most is the idea of being useless, well-educated, brilliantly promising, and fading out into an indifferent middle age. Oh, that's so good. I just got a little mind boner. How fucking good at it. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Because you've ticked off all of these yeah. things and you hit 40 and what have you done for the last decade? Yeah, fucking hell. Yeah. I guess you may as well just have kids then, eh? <laughs> no offence. Yeah, no offence to anyone who made that choice. 
<laughs> but that's what I mean. And like, I think that's a mind goal that I want everyone to take away. Never stop moving forward. And it doesn't matter if you readjust your goals, but have a fucking good reason for it. I quit sport so I could focus on law. So I could stop having an out for not hitting that cherry. This is an excuse for me to start, you know, fucking around and doing nothing. It's if you've committed to it, do it. And if you don't have a really good reason for it, don't just become mediocre and look back on all the things you could have, should have done. That's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're an absolute treasure. No, mate. It's been a pleasure. No matter what you do, whether you decide to come back to weightlifting, whether you decide to do fucking body pump, <laughs> you're going to be fucking good at it. Maybe spin class. I need bigger legs. Spin class. <laughs> Thank you so much. Graham and I have enjoyed your company immensely. It's been my pleasure. You're a legend. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. Bye. Bye.